This is Off the Rock, On the Record, a podcast by Obsidian Public Relations. This season, five guests join us virtually to discuss all things adaptable planning. From communication professionals to business leaders, this team of experts has a lot to say about communicating and making changes along the way. Doesn't matter if you're a college student, a seasoned PR professional, or a business leader who's looking to step up their communication game, there is something that you can learn on this season of Off the Rock, On the Record. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Off the Rock, On the Record. I'm Taylor Jolly, and I am joined by Ellen of the Humane Society, and I will let her introduce herself. Hi, hi, uh, Taylor. Um, I'm Ellen Zahariadis. I'm the Executive Director for the Humane Society of Memphis and Shelby County. Uh, we are a nonprofit organization serving all of Shelby County, and we are here to care for injured, abused, neglected animals um, and make uh, great adoptions in our community. Well, Ellen, I'm really glad to have you join me today. For those of y'all that don't know, the Humane Society of Memphis and Shelby County is one of our clients, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to work with Ellen on an almost daily basis to support this organization, and I truly believe in the work that they do. And when we were thinking about this season, we wanted to talk about adaptive planning. Um, I'm a planner, a diehard planner, and I find myself sometimes creating plans that are so rigid that halfway through the year, they no longer work. And so this season, we're talking about creating plans and doing things that are adaptable so that we can constantly be adjusting to meet the needs and the circumstances around us. And I think the Humane Society does a really beautiful job of meeting community needs. Um, And so that's what we're here to talk about today. Great. So the Humane Society offers traditional services, like you mentioned, um, animal adoption, animal care and welfare, um, and you've been doing that for more than 90 years. But as our community changes, I've noticed so do your services, and so I would love to hear a little bit more about your community-centric approach. Um, Great. I love to talk about um, our work in the community and how we go about that. Um, The Humane Society has, from its beginning, really been an organization that's focused on service to the community. So that is really at our core. And to be able to do that and do that effectively, we have to really be in a kind of a constant state of, of assessment. We're assessing ourselves, we're assessing the community and the community needs, um, what the gaps are in those kind of services. And then we um, look at our mission and we kind of put those things together and then that's how we decide on our, our programming and our services. And I think that's an amazing thing. And what's so cool about what the Humane Society does is you take into account the current circumstances in Memphis, um, not just with animals, but with people as well. And I've heard you say before, um, when you've talked about grants that you're applying for or funding that you're um, seeking, uh, you really do a great job of driving the connection between a program that feels not like something a humane society would be doing, but you drive the connection to your mission. And I wanted to hear a little bit more about how you do that. Sure. Um, Really, you know, all of our 
programs are aligned to advance our mission. So we're always thinking about that and we're staying, it's really important, I think, for organizations to stay, stay true to your mission because you can get pulled in lots of different directions with lots of different ideas. But if you're, if, you're, if you're focused on your mission and evolve your programming to kind of meet the needs while still staying with that, then you're gonna be a successful organization and relevant to your community. Absolutely. And I think that community relevance when you're seeking funding requires not only that you look at the animals in the community, but also the needs of the people in the community, because oftentimes I have found in our work together that those uh, mirror each other. And if we're not meeting the needs of the people in our community, then we can't also meet the needs of the animals that they love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so when you're talking with people about the Humane Society, I mean, we can't even cover all of the services that you provide on a daily basis and all of the things that happen at the shelter on a weekly or monthly basis. You literally do so much. And so when you're speaking with potential donors or organizations or new partners, um, that story can be overwhelming. So how do you effectively tell your story while focusing really on only one part of what you do? Well, actually, it's, it's pretty easy to do because we really look at our work um, here at the Humane Society, our work with animals and our work with people as part of a continuum of care. So um, our animals have a story because we know when they we know how they come to us we know how they're treated um, in our vet clinic and um, healed we know how they are trained with our staff and our trainer we we know how our adoption center works with the animals to really get to know them to make a good fit and then we have follow-up with our adopters and have resources for them to make it a good match so it's really about telling the story of the animal um, and so it's really kind of a nice um, compact story that you can tell from beginning to end and i think that narrative storytelling is something that we strive to do with all of our clients and it is an amazing benefit of working with an organization like the Humane Society and that you have really driving narrative stories to tell um, the well-being of an animal especially one that comes into your shelter in a particularly vulnerable state um, and we've seen that um, I mean you see it almost every day but we've even seen it on a weekly basis, you're telling the stories of animals that have gone from near ruin to um, finding loving and forever homes. And so I think what you said beautifully encapsulates what you do is just telling the story of these animals and, and that really highlights the overall mission and vision that you have as an organization. We talk a lot about fighting animal homelessness. And what I have come to learn over the last several months of working with y'all is that it is a complicated issue and it's one that requires support across multiple fronts. So how does the Humane Society take in information about the fight against animal homelessness and adapt in relation to that information? That's a, that's a great question. And, and I do agree. I think that animal homelessness and overpopulation is one of the greatest threats to animal welfare in our community. Um, and I think that it's a really 
like you said, complex issue because there are so many other challenges that make that um, overpopulation and homelessness a reality in our community. So as an organization that's focused on animal welfare, we need to look at and try to dive into what the root causes of those problems are. And we're able to do that through, you know, good old research, through active listening to the people that we serve, to the rescue groups that we work with, to um, elected officials, to the different shelters in the area. Um, and so we're able to kind of take that information and distill it and see how does the Humane Society fit in to that kind of complex issue and how can we fit in to be part of a, a meaningful solution to it. And because it's a difficult issue, it the solution to, to ending animal homelessness and overpopulation is one that requires creativity and collaboration. It's just not going to happen unless you have lots of people working on it in creative and interesting ways. And we've been able to do that because um, by looking at our resources, we have a full-time veterinarian, we have an active um, animal clinic, we have good community partners that we work with. We're able to leverage those resources and offer a, um, a low-cost solution um, to pet owners with the greatest need. So, um, and we can work with our partner agencies who will be able to tackle another kind of barrier to care that's part of that and that's transportation so you know we can offer those the we can reduce that barrier of access to care by offering that low-cost service and we can work with our partner groups to eliminate that other barrier through transportation so um it, it's been a creative solution um, that I think has been really good. We have high demand, and I think that it shows the power of, of agencies working together um, to really affect change in the community. And what you said is critical to building out a plan that's adaptable and takes an input is one, being able to distill that information, uh, but number two, being able to say, this is the lane that we can run within and this is outside of our, our scope. And so we need to right. find partners to help us meet those needs. Um, and I think that that's really important because I find a lot of organizations and even me personally, sometimes I get bogged down in trying to complete every part of the plan myself when in reality, I really should rely on partners to, to help drive those projects forward. Well, I think it's really important for organizations um, when things are being done well in a community, you don't need to duplicate that service. <laughs> you can use your resources to tackle another issue and then you can you can build on what everybody's doing to really create a, a long-term uh, viable solution in the community. Absolutely. And that leads really well into the last topic I wanted to talk about. Um, as you recognize your strengths and you recognize what's in the community, um, you're prone to grow, evolve, and adapt your programming. Um, and I would stand to say that that evolution is critical to the longevity of an organization like the Humane Society. So can you talk about the important role that being um, forward-thinking and evolutionary plays in your organization's long-term success? Oh, absolutely. And, and it's everything. Um, just like, you know, the world is changing constantly. Our community is changing constantly. Um, so as an organization, we have to be really attuned to um, those changes and what our community's needs are. 
it doesn't do anybody good if we are having programming that is just what we think we should have. Um, we need to be having program that meets real needs in the community and to be always looking at that to see, is the delivery right? Is the focus correct? And making those changes, I mean, it's part of life to, to change and evolve over time and it's the same way for an organization. Um, you know, as my mother would say, you know, you can't rest on your laurels. So you have to celebrate your successes, but always be looking at how they could be more effective or better or change. Absolutely. And I think that's a great message uh, to leave people on. Ellen, thanks for joining me. Is there anything else that you wanted people to know about the Humane Society before we sign off today? Well, I think one of the things that people are most surprised about um, when I talk to them is that the Humane Society is has so many more services than just adoption or taking care of injured animals that, like I said before, that we really treat it as a continuum of care. So we have an animal trainer. We are able to ask answer questions from both our adopters and just the general community that may have a question. And we're here to help in every, any way, in every way that we can. We're here to help. Well, Ellen, thank you so much. If you're listening and you want to learn more about the Humane Society, you can visit memphishumane.org and you will find their website. You can also find them on all social media platforms. They share really great tips for animal lovers and animal advocates as well as um, people with animal companions. And so I really encourage you to check them out. Um, and thank you for listening to this episode of Off the Rock, On the Record. We've got one more episode coming to you this season, so stay tuned. Uh, give us a like in your podcast feed and leave a comment if you want to hear more from us. Um, and thanks for tuning in.